whatever, ballet, dance, sports, it can come a real, real problem in a relationship. For myself, I had some children that I did the thing. Uh, from the age of our, from 7 all the way to 18, they was always in uh, sports, from 7 to 18. I mean, I was always going some kind of game, some kind of practice, some kind of event. I never spent the holiday at home, never spent the birthday at home, I never spent Father's Day, Mother's Day. It was always with the kids doing some kind of event. Um, and as that time goes, that's what you focus your life on, your children. And that's a great thing. But then you focus that so much, you don't focus on yourself or with your, your, with, your, with your spouse. And then you start becoming, realizing when they leave, how selfish you can get. I know when my last, my son left high school, I remember every Saturday morning I'd get up, you know, we have to go to practice or some kind of game. And I got up and started getting ready to do the same routine. But he wasn't there. He, <laughs> he was already finished and, and getting ready to go to his next stage of his life. And I was like, wow. And then I looked up at my ex-wife at that time. And I looked at him like, what are we going to do? Didn't know her, really. We was married at that time, 13 years. We didn't have any hobbies. I mean... Our kids with everything. Our kids were connected with us. And that's with so many things. And for you guys who don't have children this time, we just want to express to you, we don't want your kids to connect you guys. We don't want that to be a problem in your marriage because when you wake up 13 years later and when your kids are gone or whatever, and you look at your spouse, you don't know who she is or she don't know who you are, and then we're like, what are we going to do together? That's bad. I mean, because when I did that, I looked at my, my ex-wife, we had nothing in common but our kids. And that is so, it's, you know what, you say that's worldly, but we was in the church. And that's the thing, sad thing about it. We can be in the church and we can get damaged by the same thing people in the world can Because we focus our lives so much on our kids. And that's not a bad thing. We love our kids. But our focus is so much on them that we realize, don't realize that we're not focused on the main thing, each other. Uh, well, for me, becoming an empty nester, I have two boys, and I think about the, for the longest, I was known as Marcus and Donovan's mom, and that was that was my name. <laughs> so as they left home, I began to feel like, okay, who who am I? You know, I had to figure out who I wanted to be, separated from my kids. I mean, there's that feeling of loneliness, especially for women. I think we get the guilt of we wish we would have had more time with our kids. We think about. We wish we could have taught them more or helped them to become more or help them more in their life. Um, we have the identity crisis of who am I going to be now? What do I want to do for the rest of my life to, to enjoy myself? So for me, it wasn't so much freedom. It was just a thought process. Like my midlife crisis was the time when my kids left. And to add on that, when we realize, when we get caught up in that cycle, when we don't know each other, then you got to look at each other and say, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't have that help. A lot of us just go through the same pattern as being an individual. That's when you start being an individual. I know for myself, I started getting a hobby, started doing things by myself. And I started just just being by myself, and I was happy with that. I didn't have any kids to take care of me anymore, really. Nobody asked me to take me anywhere. Nobody coming over. The kids asked me to stay over. I was completely free. But then I was also selfish. And I didn't give back to my wife that she needed. And, and it ended up in the marriage. I mean, I see things now that I saw then that 
I see people now in the church right now with their children. It's the same pattern. Even though they're in the church, I see that they're so busy, they have no time for anything else. Especially themselves. Especially when me and my wife are trying to get with someone and try to disciple them. When they're like, well, we can meet you at this time or this time or this time. Like, you have to make a sacrifice. Your, your, your marriage is supposed to be the most important thing in your relationship. Not your kids' future. You think they're going to be some kind of, you know, you know, star or whatever. You put them in a situation to be on street. My situation, I, I put my kids in sports because I didn't want them to be on the streets like I was. But then you have some parents that I, I dealt with on a constant basis. They want their kids to be these people that they wouldn't. You know, and I'm like, if their focus was different. And our focus should be on, on the marriage, not the children. But if the children see the marriage is well uh, built, then they'll be fine. <laughs> and I think just our priority has to be God first, then our spouse, and then our children. Right. So often we flip all the levels. You know, the kids can be first, the spouse can be first, and God can be last. Or the spouse can be first, kids second, and God third. But to make sure that we're, no matter where you are, that God is the first priority in your life, then your spouse, and then your kids. So the kids see that you have a strong marriage. That way, at the end, you will still have that, that strong relationship because you wouldn't have invested all your time separately with the children. And the first empty nesters, you guys know, is Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, they didn't have any children with themselves. Uh, you, know, um, you know, they roamed around the garden free. They just had all the freedom they could be. I mean, basically, they neck in front of each other and didn't realize it. You know, it's like it's a shame. No. I remember I was seeing the movie, I forgot the name of the movie. And it was with uh, Terry Bradshaw. I don't know if any of you guys know. And I remember his son left, went to college, did his thing. And I remember he got some situation they had to come back. He walked back in the house as a child. <laughs> and it was so funny when I saw this movie. It reminded me of me, even when my kids left. Um, and I smiled and said, Mom, what's that? He said, oh, he's in your room. He said, okay. You know, so he's a child, grown man. Opens the door. There's dad sitting in the room. And his room was not his room anymore, but Big screen TV, a couch with a uh, beer, and he was eating chips and butt naked. <laughs> so he's like, Dad, what did you do in our room? He said, No, 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 son. This is not your room. This is the butt naked room. <laughs> this is my room. So if you want to come to this room, you have to come butt naked. <laughs> I mean, that's how the things go. I mean, my mom did something not like that butt naked. <laughs> I remember I came back to Thanksgiving, came back and all my stuff. I said, Mom, I'm going upstairs to put my stuff in her room. She didn't say that. She was downstairs cooking. So I opened that door and it's like, Mom, why is this room like it's all the sewing stuff? She said, Son, come here, let me talk to you. She said, That's no longer your room. You are a guest, so your stuff is in the guest room. You don't come back home. So my mom was teaching me a lesson to be a man. Right. That I cheat now. All those parents, we would love our kids. We, you know, we don't let our kids. Me and my wife just went through this. <laughs> we want our kids to come back right home, now. but we don't want. For men, we don't want our kids to come back home. Oh my my mother raised me, so she's like, "No, I'm making you a man. You don't come back home but to visit." And I just looked at her like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> From that day on, she never changed that room. And I went to the guest room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I learned that. Children, grown adult children want to come back in, especially men. And I'm like, I just can't see it. My mother wanted me out, you know, and she wasn't a man. She was a woman. But I look at that now. My mother's preparing me to become a man. 
it's so funny just just thinking about um, what was shared in the other room about how when you're asked to teach the class, you know, you go, okay, I'll do this. But then, it's like you said, as soon as we were asked to do the class, then my son asked if he could come back and stay for a <laughs> So it's like, okay, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So, I mean, God has a, a funny way of just exposing, you know, your heart and uh, your insecurities and everything else when it's time to really put yourself out in front of people. Uh, in Galatians 5, uh, 13 and 16, it says, Do not use your freedom to indulge in sinful nature. When I, when my kids left, <laughs> I was a wow. I mean, because I didn't have anything else to do. But I was not focusing my life on God. I was focusing my life on myself. And that's what some of us do. When we can't focus on each other, we just focus on the best thing, which is with myself. I mean, I was doing stuff for myself. I was, Saturday morning, I would get up, and I would go do what I need to do, referee, or I was going and playing golf, and didn't even think about my spouse at that time. Because you do not do the things that God wants you to do when you have that much time. See, I think as empty nesters or don't have having children, you have the freedom to do what you want. But then in the eyes of God, he's like, I need you to do what's right. I need you, we have other people out here, we need to use your talents and what you have to do with, for me, but not for you. I didn't see that. I didn't see to do for God. I didn't see going out and having people over in my house, or going out talking to people, or going out sharing my faith, or going out just be together, going out to be an example that God wanted us to be. I didn't see any of that. We get like that, just in the world and also in the church, because we have seen it. We have seen with couples, when they don't have it, Children, we can see how selfish they can be. You don't have people at home. After church, they get up out of church. They don't associate with anybody because they're in locked in their own little circle and they don't let anybody else in. I mean, that's what the scripture tells them. Don't, don't be selfish. You know, you have to do for others more than you do for yourself. And I think just this scripture in Galatians 5, 19 through 20, talks about the acts sinful nature, but just above it, it talks about not using your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. So as you think about all the things that you can do for yourself, you can easily get caught up in being debaucherous or, you know, overspending or, you know, overeating or overexerting and whatever, you know, you think to please yourself. But then the fruits of the Spirit are the things that are not self-focused. They're focused on other people. You know, love, patience, peace, you know, all those things. And like AJ said, just using your talents and your past experiences, your interests to build up God's church and God's people. That's where you want to focus your energy. Now, to help us try to build these relationships and also to really help uh, newlywed couples, couples don't have children, you know, to, to build or rebuild or serve a respect for marriage. And what do you mean by that? You know, look at all these aspects and look where you're at now. Why your kids not there or why you don't have children. You have to look at each and, each and every day that are we doing the best for God? Are we doing the best to get our strength and our marriage to get stronger? Uh, we're not doing that. We have this uh, separate times away from each other. We, we're doing different things away. Uh, then we have to really pull ourselves back and understand that, you know what, we're not going to make it individually. We're going to make it together. I know me and my wife many times that we don't have children uh, in the home. Well, we have one now. But I know we we need a community group and we out at our house three nights a week and me and my wife 
sometimes we come home after every seven weeks, wiped out. It's like, wow. And then we're like, that's what we're supposed to do. Well, we don't have any kids. We don't have anybody to be taken care of. We don't, you know, a grandchild. We can send, look, one thing about grandkids, they never have to stay. They can always go on with their parents. <laughs> uh, and we have one. But we had to look at ourselves, take advantage, you know, look at ourselves, okay, what do we need to do for God? Not about ourselves, because we can easily get home on several nights. We sat back and said, man, I'm tired. I don't like going out tonight. But it's not our will. It's God's will. And it's God's will because God puts in a situation. He helped us raise our kids the best we can. So if our kids are not doing what we think they should be doing or the best way, that's all right. We did the best we could. But now we are in a situation we got to go out and help other people because other people are in need. And just like, you know, I always tell people that we need each other regardless. We need to disciple one another. We need to have people in our lives. Going out three nights a week, as in my simple nature, that would know I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be out three nights a week. First on the work night when I got to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, be at work at 5.30. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. So I, I know that I have to build a relationship with my wife and try to restore all these things that we won't get caught up in that situation. You know, we had it easy. We didn't, our kids really wasn't there. We had a blended family also. So our kids were adults when we got together. But it's still, we still invest in each other. So we can help people. We can help each other, especially if we don't have children in our house and we're not together as a couple, then what kind of excuse we have? We have no excuse. And I think, I mean, we're learning, too, as we go along. So that's why I said we're not teaching the class. We're just sharing what we're learning from a lot of other couples around us that's teaching us. Um, but the scripture that comes to mind for me was um, Psalms 127.1. talks about, unless the Lord builds the house, the builder labors in vain. And then Luke 16:48, where it talks about um, unless a man a man building a house, he dug deep and he laid a foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the tor- and torment struck, the house could not shake it because it was built on the rock. So just really building a solid foundation of your walk with God first, and then your relationship with your spouse and their walk with God. No worries. Uh, when we just listened a few minutes ago about how a couple will blame a husband will blame a wife, a wife will blame a husband with their relationship. Uh, you know, that is just so funny because we can easily get caught up in that, that drama. You have to understand, look at yourself and blame yourself for what you're doing in your relationship and what you're doing in your walk with God. You know, I can't blame my wife the way I'm feeling because I might have a bad day. i got to think about what I'm doing. You know, you got to build that foundation. Any contractor, first thing he's going to do, he's going to start from the bottom up. He's not going to start on the roof and build it down. You know, anything in any uh, athletic basketball team, when we first come into training camp, we're going to start from the basics first. He doesn't come in and try to do this complicated offensive defense and think we're going to get it. Because we're not. What he does is he started from the bottom up, and then by the time the season blends, except for Mike, the Lakers coach. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that will gel, and you got to be a strong foundation because with our foundation, we have to agree. I mean, the, the, the first time when uh, Donovan came to stay with us, I mean, it had it was, I was struggling with that because, again, I, I don't want anybody coming to come stay. I got to be the king of my own den, okay? I don't need anybody looking at me when I come home, you know, unless I want some. But my wife and I had to have 
strong opinions, but we had to come together to make some guidelines. And I'm, a, I'm proud of my wife because that's her son. I know how a woman feels for a child. She wants a child to be on the street. She wants a child to do the best they can. But it was a kind we gave a deadline. And, you know, my wife was like, I don't want to hear my husband say anything. But at the time when I came to that deadline, I remember the morning she got it. She said, Don, it's time for you to pack your stuff. you got to go. He's like, well, it's that. look, we gave you a deadline. And I was proud of it because that was the commitment we made to each other. We were standing strong together. And I know it's hard for us as a mother. And I know it's going to be hard for some of you guys to do that. And I know it's going to be hard for some of you guys listening now who don't have children. Like, well, we don't have children. It's going to be a while before, you know, this is going to happen. No, we want you to learn this now. So this won't happen when they come and then when they get ready to leave. Because once they leave, it's always the mothers that have that emotional feeling. You know, the father's like, good riddance. I I mean, I know it. I know it. I know it. I like seeing my kids. But look, coming back to the house for a man, ooh, that's hard. So we're trying to teach you guys now who don't have children to be aware of these situations because you're no different from us that had children in Zion. It's going to happen to you. It's going to happen. You're going to have one or two. If you have one child, well, we're not going to put them in sports. We're not going to. No, you don't fool yourself because you want your child, your child to experience all those things. But also you don't want your child to be Lord over you. And I think the thing that really helped us with the unity and, and just the decision was that we did pray about it. We did get input from other couples who are either going through it or have gone through it just to really figure out how to really make the decisions about our adult children. Um, yeah, it was, it was tough. But I think after we had gotten an input, we prayed about it, we came to a decision. We were unified on our decision. So that made the, the weight of me having to tell him to go easier because I knew we had given him enough time. It was, it was a time period that he felt good about. It was a time period that I felt good about. And then we conveyed it to him. So whatever he did between that time was really up to him. But we gave him that time together. So when it was time for me to ask him to leave, it wasn't like I was just pushing him on the street because we had given him specific direction. We, had, we, had, we were unified on the time period. It was probably longer than he wanted, and it was shorter than I wanted, but we, came, we, we were unified on it. And that's what is most important, that you are unified on your decisions with your children. Mm-hmm. And for those, again, who haven't had children, you guys have to have to be unified before you have children, how you want to be when you have children. Because some of us, you know, we're going to have a child with y'all, and bliss and everything. When that child comes, then all of a sudden it's these things, responsibility. Now you're responsible to the child. But just think about how God's relationship with us. He's responsible for us. Yeah. But he gives guidelines to follow. He makes, makes us realize that, hey, you are our protector, and we got to follow what you're telling us. But we get to a point we have emotions come in like the woman's box, and the man's box <laughs> is a simple box. It's like, well, I see it one way. But you have to come together. You have to build that foundation when it's small. Because when they leave, they know you guys are unified. They know that when they leave, most still won't be there, but you guys will be ready to handle it. Yeah. I know when so many people leave their children, I know I've seen a mother break down. Like, oh, well, you don't have to go. You don't never have to leave. And the father looking like, no, that's wrong. I mean, my sister is a perfect example. My, I feel so sorry for my, my nephews because my sister is so protective of my nephew. They never played any sports, never did. They never go outside and play with other children. And when my nephew went to high school, my sister, well, before, she got a job at the junior high so she can be one. It's bad. 
And then she went out to the woods with his kids, with her friends. She was in the parking lot waiting for him. It was just like this cycle. And then now he's regretting because he's going to school and getting teased and all these other things. Well, her and her husband have no kind of foundation together. He just lets her do whatever she wants. And he's not leaving his household. So when he's not leaving his household, his son is going to be the blunt of all the jokes. And that's embarrassing because his life, his livelihood, going all the way to high school, which is terrible because kids in high school are so, in school period, are so terrible. That's going to really affect him in the long run because my sister thought she was going to protect him. And so, you know, he said, well, how can we start rebuilding? And we go by one of the four other things. It's renew, restore, renovate, and uh, readjust. And uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to do two of my wife. And it says renewing marriage. Renewing means to begin or take up again. Become a student of your mate. And what I mean by that is, it's like we did that uh, little game. <laughs> a student of your mate, you know your mate. Oh, yeah. you, you know exactly what he or she likes or like to do or don't do or certain music or certain things. You know favorite TV shows, favorite colors. Some of us, I know I told a story about my, my grandfather and grandmother. Um, they were married almost 60 years, something like that, seven, six years. I never heard my grandfather say he loved my, my grandmother. Never, ever. I never saw, her, saw him bring her a gift on any birthday, any Christmas. Never. I was like, wow. So that's how the boys was raised. Not to say I love you or not to be emotional, but he never did. Never, I, I thought he never loved us either. Until the day, a couple of days before he died, he said, I always loved you. Well, I'm like, wow, I never do that. So, you know, you got to really know your mate. You guys, you know, think you know your mate and all that. For us men, man, that's a job. You gotta, you gotta, it's a job. You got to know these things. I look at you like, it's a job. Because we got to constantly know our mates because they ask questions and be like, well, you don't know me like I thought you did. But we have to really know our mates. And so that means to get closer to our mates. That's how I brush up on heat. I brush up like, what they become in these years, their spiritual walk. Look at them and see how they're growing uh, in their spiritual walk. Uh, they're not growing anything, you know, we got to understand we have to get help. Uh, ask questions. My wife is good for that. <laughs> ask questions. <laughs> what, what's wrong, what's going on with you, how's your day, whatever it is. You need, I mean, you know, we have, uh, I, I, I work in Valencia, and sometimes it takes me about two hours to get home. And my wife will come home and she, First thing she don't try to well, sometimes she try to give me some stuff to do. I'm like I, I can't do it, but she asks questions. And that's the thing I need to learn. My wife really asks questions of me, what I like to do and all this, what I want, this and that. It's just a, she's trying to get to know me. It's not about her being nosy, getting my business, right. but she's trying to get to know me. And everybody said I've been married five years, forty years. Something we're not gonna know about our spouse. Something and something comes up every day. My wife always said this to me. I didn't know that about you. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I, I, I didn't want to tell. I don't reveal everything. But, <laughs> but in a marriage, you know, that's good. Second, we have to restore the marriage, bring back the existing, the former original condition, uh, going back courting. They, you know, you guys, those real player players back in the day when they were trying to court you. <laughs> you know, brothers would wear the best stuff, a nice cologne, and, and everything to get their wife. Then when we get our wives, we 
go back putting on Old Spice. <laughs> we don't buy the expensive phone anymore. Um, uh, we don't we don't do the same thing. We know it. We don't do the same thing we, we don't do when we first. We got to bring that back. We got to set up those dates. We got to do be remembered. We got to bring our wise flowers. We got to make sure that they're the most special being on earth. Not your children. Because the first thing you do, I used to do when I was uh, hey man, you gotta get your stuff. It's time to go to practice. Woman, acknowledge my wife. We have to acknowledge our wives or our husbands. Make sure that they're taken care of first more than anybody. Before you're trying to go and disciple someone, before you try to get on the phone and get with somebody, make sure your spouse is taken care of. And also, and, uh, and restore the love and excitement of sport days together with some of you guys want to sport or not. Just explore <laughs> each other. Make sure you, your life is exciting. Just because no one in the house, you know, you can have your butt in your room. <laughs> you can have it. The whole house. <laughs> Be excited in what you do. And for you couples who don't have children, you have a whole lot of experience. You have children. Make your marriage worth what it is. Give it all to God. Make sure that you're focusing your life on God first. Then focusing on your spouse. Not on all the other things that we get caught up in. We know as disciples we get caught up in a whole lot of other stuff. With drama with other couples. Then you find yourself not connecting with your wife or husband. Um, and for renovating your marriage, it means renovate means to repair, to bring back to good condition as new again. Um, Basically, like refocusing your 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 life, not child-focused, your partner-focused. Uh, I remember when we first got married. I stayed in we stayed in my same apartment when we got married, and I wanted to make the house different. Um, so I solicited the the help of some other sisters, and I mean, I just painted my whole bedroom, changed everything around so that it would be like our love nest, our love den. I wanted to be where when we came home, it wasn't the same house that I was Marcus and Donovan's mom in, it was now going to be the home of AJ and Sidney Johnson. So, I mean, it was really fun. It was a lot of work, but I really put a lot of effort into making it nice and making our bedroom really, really special. I was playing the music in the other room, The Secret Garden by um, Barry White, but I really wanted our house to be a secret garden where when we come home and we're decompressing from work, that we have a place just to go to really love on each other. Um, so renovating would be something like that. Um, readjusting your marriage, readjusting your life. To adjust again, to rearrange. Um, to determine to do things as a couple. I think for us too, we had to readjust like our finances together, um, our lives together. We have a, our second bedroom now has become his closet because he has way more clothes than I do. <laughs> so when my son comes back, he, he doesn't have a room anymore. It's, it's AJ's closet. Yeah, it's a studio. And it's my studio for my music. So, I mean, just there's all these different things that you can do to, to just readjust your life with or without the kids, just to really spend time thinking about their career. Do you want to change your career as, as an empty nester? Do you want to do something that you've always wanted to do before? Maybe it's to finish getting your degree. Maybe it's to change your career and go and do something else. Maybe it's to invest in, you know, whatever, your hobbies together. But to find those things in your marriage that you can readjust yourself to that will bring glory to your marriage and bring glory to God.
We got some homework that we're going to give you guys. I know you guys wouldn't expect any homework. It's, it's something you guys can do. We don't want you guys getting mad at it. You guys do it as a couple. And really just to really uh, reflect on you guys' lives uh, as a married couple. And I got one more scripture to read before we go. It's Philippians 2, verse 3 to 4. This is one of my favorite uh, scriptures because this was at one time I was. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value each other above all. Not looking for your own interests, but each of you guys' interests of others. So as you go in your marriage, and uh, your, your young marriage or your later marriage, be sure you have the interests of others before you have the interests of yourself. It's the most important thing you do for others before you do for yourself. And most important of all, do for your spouse more than you do for other, other, other people. So it's the most important thing. Don't have any kind of... Um, a hidden agenda when you try to be with your spouse. Are you trying to be nice to her because of certain you want something? Be nice to her because God intended us to be that way. Amen. 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 Amen.